Welcome back to A Creative Affair. I'm Len and I'm here with Bree. And today we're going to be talking about idea generation. Where do our ideas come from? Uh, do we uh, take them from everywhere in our life or do they form out of the abyss and just turn up like that flashing light bulb in the, in the cartoon characters there? Uh, where do ideas come from? Uh, where do you think they come from, Bree? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I wondered this for the longest time because the thing is, is sometimes we want an idea and we're like, how in the world do we get it? Like, uh, because I remember... I remember thinking about, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, let me get, let me get a little clear here. I'm applying to an artist in residency. It still isn't open yet, so I haven't submitted it, but I, I was trying to figure out what kind of project I could submit or an idea because I like, I want to do the artist in residency and I, and I kind of know like what ish I want to do. And I was thinking, where in the where in the world do I get an idea? Like how does that happen? And wouldn't it be great if like the creative idea fairy could just come to us and say, "Here you go. This is what the this is what the creative world needs to see from you." <laughs> but that's not really how it happens. So the truth is creative ideas come from this is my opinion everywhere. Absolutely <laughs> everywhere. That's what you're right? saying, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. From our life, from everything yeah. that we see, do, and are involved in. Right. Are you in agreement with me, Len? I am. <laughs> we get straight to the point very quickly on this one. <laughs> right. Okay. Show's over. You can all go home. Just kidding. We still want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's true, true, though. Yeah. Yes. We, we, we think and have this um, imagination about and this idea of where ideas are coming from uh, based on popular culture, uh, uh, some of the language that we use, and the reality, the absolute reality, is that there is no one a method or way that they turn up that uh, is is very clear. Instead, what we've discovered is that the uh, the more in tune we are with the world and ourselves, uh, the more present we are. The more ideas flow into us. That sounds true. And or even the more we're paying attention to what what we're absorbing and what's flowing into us, and. Mm. And be maybe even deliberate about what we allow to come into um, what we kind of absorb. So I I actually did some, I don't know if it's like research or whatever, but I, I've been doing a lot of deeper thinking lately, which is really fun for me. And... I was like, how do, how do we get this? Right. And we're, 
you know, Len and I, we love this book. Can I mention the book? I'm going to mention the book, but we're not going to call this episode this. So there's a book by Austin Cleon. It's called steel like an artist. And I feel like we did an episode on this, but uh, maybe not. Um, and what, what Len and I are talking about, we, what we really want to talk about is the inspiration, the ideas and the inspiration, like where do we get the inspiration to come up with ideas versus the copying that we sometimes see and that sometimes we're tempted to do. And I think there's a place for copying, right? Like Len, what did you, what did you say? Uh, you were telling me about, I said, Oh, don't tell me the rest. Pause on that. So I think where we should go first is let's just talk about copying because I really think that copying other people's work, at least it sounds bad, but at least initially can be actually really beneficial because there's a lot of, uh, especially people who are good at their, at what they do, because there's a lot we can learn from them. So what is that little, that little exercise you were telling me? Uh, it was figure out who your six um, most favorite artists are and then study them deeply, uh, copy them and work in their style uh, until you can master each of them and then step back from all six of them and combine them all together to make up who you are. Now, that's not my idea. That came from a book I was reading about uh, William uh, Mortison and one of his uh, students. Uh, it's called Me and Mortison, and uh, quite an interesting read. I actually finished it in, a, in, uh, in an evening very quickly. And uh, that was, I think, Mortison's idea to tell his photography students uh, back in the 30s and 40s on how to... Uh, figure out a style. I think that's really interesting. And it's kind of fun to mimic someone's work and see where that takes us. And even, I do you find, have you ever done this, Len? Do you feel it's forced? Does it feel really forced to you because it's not in the kind of the style that you're used to? It's a really interesting question because uh, how does it feel? I think that's where we started to learn. You know, as a, as a child, you, you know, a little baby, and us as parents, we're leaning over the little baby and we're going, Dada, Mama, and we're actually teaching and um, we're trying to get the child or the little baby to say Mama or Baba or Ma. Mm. And we actually learn through copying and then there's also this other part of learning, which is absolute exploration and risk-taking and creativity. And that's where uh, I believe that the two actually work in concert together uh, in education because uh, that's uh, the combination of two of them actually help us learn. So one part is copying and the other part is uh, exploring on your own. My... Uh, you know, good advice was to, if you want to learn how someone actually uh, works and uh, 
you find someone's work that you really love and then actually instead of getting into their work, trying to get into their head. Now, that's pretty advanced advice, but I think that's an incredibly interesting way to experiment. And and I know when I'm out in the bush with my students, occasionally someone comes up to me and says, uh, do you mind if I follow you? And uh, do you mind if you start talking about what you're thinking as you're doing? And uh, they ask that question, what are you thinking and what are you looking for and, and what's happening here as a way to find out how someone actually works. Uh, but yeah, if I have I ever actually copied someone? Have I sat up and put a photograph or an artwork there and copied it? Of course the answer is yes. Uh, that's how I learnt to draw. Uh, I, you know, I, I picked up a Japanese brush. Actually, I, I noticed you doing this, Bree. Uh, you were drawing uh, Enzo circles, yeah? And so you're yeah. actually practising a circle with a brush. And so that's a copy, isn't it? Totally. Like thousands of people have done Enzo circles and painting a perfect <laughs> I know, circle it's not in, a, <laughs> in a brush. And so it's not something new, but you were learning how to do something through that particular process. So there were times when I'm learning to draw, I copied things. And also, as an artist, I used to feel very guilty about this, but I would trace or copy my photographs into paintings. And I always felt incredibly guilty about that process um, until today when I realised that that's normal and everyone does that. And uh, uh, some people just do it in their, from their minds, but um, so many people do it from their artwork and it's a valid way of working. So uh, copying uh, is a way of learning. I think also what you're saying too is maybe it it also depends on the intention because if Ooh. our intention is to learn and to grow so that we can move into creating our own having our own ideas and creating our own work that's one thing but if the if the copying is more like I can't do it myself I have to do it this way so that I can look good or whatever it is, then I, I would, I would caution any artist that's thinking that way, first of all, <laughs> because if that is your intention, there's no growth there. Mm. That's appropriation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yes, for sure. And that's why Steele, like an artist, <laughs> he talks, Austin Kleon talks about co the copying parts. Like, for sure, we want to maybe, we want to do maybe some of that, right? And because mimicking and all of that is the education part. But if we have no intention to move past it, then then it's just pure copying and that's plagiarism, right? So, so anyway, so artists don't do that. <laughs> that's not what we're trying to tell you to do. <laughs> Some of the linguistics behind this is quite difficult and, and you know, I actually yes. have trouble with his title still like an artist, but uh, we, Bree and I had a huge conversation before we came on air trying to find better words and, and we failed at this, but uh, when we get into his book, and it's a fantastic book, isn't it? It's a, it's a really lovely book. And he says it's about, uh, you know, taking little bits, these, these tiny little bits that inspire us and um, uh, 
using not the whole, but little ideas. And so the, the stealing for him is just taking little threads. Uh, actually, I did a presentation about um, Miro as a painter and uh, in one of his beautiful books about creativity that he's written, it's an absolutely gorgeous book, uh, he, he says, I, I have to find a, 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 a little thread to hang on to, like a, a thread of an idea. And then from that, uh, it's, it becomes like an entry point into the artwork. It's, it's just a little tiny idea. So when you're studying someone else's work, uh, you might just take the colour palette and go, oh, geez, Brie, I, I really love those blues in the sand dunes and uh, uh, I'm going to go and play with that as an idea rather than taking the composition, but you might just take the colour palette or you might just take oh, I really am fascinated by that angle of view. Maybe I should get down low. So you're taking little bits rather than copying the whole. And I think uh, he makes that point very, very clearly in the book. It's not about appropriation. It's not about copying whole artworks. It's about acknowledging that our ideas come from everywhere else. There's a very, very popular idea, and um, Susan Sontank talks about this, um, John Berger, that uh, everything that we do is reference to everything that's come before us in art, that uh, we can't help but be influenced by everything that we've seen and been involved in and experienced in our world. So uh, I think that's a very valuable way of thinking about it. Right, because everything, including our childhood, all of our experiences up until now influence and everything that we've seen or heard or, you know, experiences that we've uh, had, all of that comes together, right? I think what you're talking about, because if I had to like label it, and I actually did once, it's like this number, like there's three parts. And so you talked about the first part, which is like mimicking, right? And this is where we're like absorbing and we're learning and, you know, we're just collecting information. And then the third part is actually the exploration. It's the, it's the full on, these are my ideas and that's where we want to go. We're taking that, all of the, all of the, the information and then eventually having all of our own ideas. But this, this middle part that you're talking about, right? Where you're just taking a little bits here and there, you know, and adding it. I call that one integration where we're integrating the, the stuff we already know with new ideas that we're having. Like it's, it's inspiring us to have new, I I'm moving right now with my hands, like locking my fingers. <laughs> if you can't see me, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like full on and full body movements over here. <laughs> So, so, but I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think we're in this space more often where we're, where like, I know that I'm taking some actual like influence from other people because, oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. I know there is a time that I saw someone's photograph and I thought to myself, I did not even know that was possible to do. 
right? Mm. And so then taking that, like that, that idea and really pouring over all of the project and her project, I think it was Jennifer Renwick or anyway, she does this, these beautiful photographs, just beautiful, uh, a lot of Death Valley National Park here in the U.S., but she, I took that information and thought, that's amazing. I love rocks and all of this stuff. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. So now I can start in, now I can start integrating that into my own work, but making also making a conscious effort to do something a little bit different. Okay. Now, how do I make it now? What is my, we talked in the first episode, I had said like my creative spirit, what is my creative spirit whispering to me today? And and inspiring me to do with a lot of, with a lot of this information of, you know, photographers and, you know, uh, and other people, painters, everybody that all those previous experiences. So I love this idea of integration because I think we, I think a lot of us are in this and sometimes we feel bad that we're using other people's work as inspiration rather than creating our own, or we're kind of judging ourselves for not being able to get to that really like authentic work. I'm creating this. These are all fully all these ideas are fully mine generated by me with zero outside influence. Don't you find that takes a while to get to? And we're in this middle space for, for more often, uh, what was I going to say? Most, I think a lot of our creative journey, and maybe we're in either one of those three at any given time too. Mm. And it takes a lot of, um, uh, maybe guts, to, to stand up and say, these are my influences. Uh, these are the things that really excite me and do so. I had an interesting experience. Chris Friel is one of my um, inspiring artists that I follow and absolutely love. And uh, I'm so thankful for Valda Bailey to put putting me onto his work. And uh, uh, we put him in the, actually in the very first issue of Lens Journal um, when we published it. And uh, a friendship formed. And uh, uh, one day I actually asked him, you know, uh, who are your influences, you know? And uh, he sent me a link to his website and uh, there wasn't just one page of people that were inspiring him. There were six. And on each page there was about 30 uh, people and it'll take me a lifetime to go through his list. I actually wish he'd just given me the top five, but uh, that's beside the point. But isn't that such a brave thing to do and to say, well, these are the people who have actually influenced me. And it might not just be other artists in the same genre as you. So he was a photographer, so he had references to painters. And he also, in his list... He had references to people that do a lot of writing and philosophizing uh, about the act of photography so and the act of art and uh, idea creation. So uh, what a brave thing to do. Uh, I found that people actually, well, these are my students, I, I think, uh, who I'm talking about, uh, learning to be and exploring their creativity, often don't know how to look at art 
and other people's work and analyse it and pull out uh, what's going on that's exciting them. Uh, and that's something that can be practised and learnt to do. Um, sitting and actually looking at people's work and analysing why you like it is such a valid thing to do. Well, I think, Len, that that is actually what we're trying to do when we're copying is really trying to formulate what we love about uh, what that other person is doing. And, and also there's for sure, there's some techniques involved that we might want to learn from. But for me, when I'm copying, because look, I'm going to be real. I do this sometimes every once in a while. Like I have a, I have a video from a, a photographer that takes one of my images and step-by-step step shows me how he processes it. I'm, I'm going to copy him because I want to figure out exactly what he's doing there, but I'm not going to use the image. Then I'm going to go back through and do what I want after I learn it, but I'm going to figure out what it is that... I really like about it. I mean, I know it's my image, but you know, even when I look at a painting, I'm starting to think more now, what is it that I really like about this and how can I integrate it? These aren't like conscious, like real conscious thoughts, but this is what we're doing. How can I integrate it and use it as inspiration for my, for my own work? And then I'm finding more more and more, it's slow. It, it's slow at first. I'm finding more and more that I'm coming up with my own personal ideas. And they're few and far between, but they're growing. And here's what I know about creativity, Len. As we have those creative thoughts that and and we exercise that part of our brain that had that it, you know has all the creativity and and we start thinking of uh, start exploring that we're going to get more and more and more and that's how we grow it that way that's really that to me is really amazing and so I'm going to trust myself to think of those those authentic ideas more often in the future this is exciting. Mm. It sounds like you're thinking of creativity as a skill that can be learned and developed through the process of practicing it. And as you get better at it, it becomes easier and easier. Am I reading that right, Bree? That's why we that's that's why we like you, Len. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a wonderful thing to know that creativity, I mean, for sure there are there are a lot of there are there's a decent amount of us that are born with like certain, certain ideas and creative ideas, but we can learn these things. We can learn to be more creative. And if you want to be more creative and have, and, and have more create, you know, have more creativity in your life, this is definitely a learned thing. And that's really fabulous. And guess what? It all starts with copying. So <laughs> we, we give you permission. Everyone out there, we yeah. give you permission to go copy your favorite people, but not That's take right. them their ideas as your own. <laughs> That's right. Don't appropriate them, but um, take the bits that actually work for you, the bits that you're attracted to, the bits that excite you, um, the bits that capture your attention. 
I, I spend a huge amount of time buying photography books and, and art books, uh, collecting artists' books, and I spend time staring at them. And, you know, when I'm flicking through, if an artwork doesn't do it for me, I don't even bother. I, I turn the page and I go to the one that captures my attention and I sit and stare at it and uh, I think about what it is that's really uh, exciting me personally about it. And it's really interesting, Bree, if you and I both stared at the same artwork together, we would both have different things. We would see different things in it for each of us. And so what we would think its influence would be to each of us would be very, very different if we bothered to explore that. And that's such a beautiful thing about that is that uh, we think, oh, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, copying when in reality we actually only see what we can see and what we know to see and uh, uh, those things are influencing us. So it's an educational process, isn't it? I can't think of a better thing to educate myself on. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It's it's really I I've loved this work. I think I said this in the last in our last little catch up or or our first one uh that I just I just love this work. It's really amazing and I I'm always looking for some inspiration. In fact, if I if I feel a little stuck, I'm going to go look for some inspiration to like infuse some new creative ideas. So, ah. Mm-hmm. Do you know Bree, that's part of my workflow. The way I think, if I'm looking at a book of art or even watching a movie or daydreaming, I think of that as actually part of my creative practice. So when you said earlier, was it today or on our last episode that you downed your uh, your tools for a month or so, and that was a really wonderful thing, you're actually still making art in your head and studying it and being immersed in it in that time. And it uh, stuff happens in that extra space that you give and... Uh, I, I don't think of it as downtime. I think of it as uh, I practice my art every single day as much in every moment that I can ever do. It's, it's my life. It's my thinking. It's, uh, it's my obsession. Uh, and I absolutely love it too. <laughs> and with or without a camera, we're still practicing. So That's right. It's awesome. Yeah, it's all creativity. <laughs> and uh, yes, we can all grow and uh, become more creative through the act of understanding it and practicing it. And Bree and I both have this premise and we believe that you too can become more creative through thinking about creativity and understanding it as a, as a practice. It's a skill set that we can develop. And it's in absolutely every single one of us. I loved this. This was so fun. This is so fun to chat, by the way. <laughs> yes, we love catching up. I know. <laughs> it grounds both of us, I think. And, uh, and we're making something worthwhile for other people in the process. And on that note, what a great time to, uh, to end. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing, and leaving us a review. Thanks. If you would like to learn more about creative photography, visit lenmetcalf.com, where you can find links to Len's photography school, videos, and publications. He would love to invite you to sign up.
to his newsletter. To find out more about my work, including my photography and mentoring in my Creative Confidence group coaching program, visit creativemindscoach.com. Thanks and see you next time. Bye.